Greetings, welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim Adaf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now in the, Mish- the last Mishnah, Mishnah Chet, of this, the fourth parak of Psachim, Adaf Nun Hei Amud Bet at the bottom. Shishan Dvarim Asu Anshe Yericho, continuing on with the theme of local and regional customs, a uh, bit of history. There were six things that the people of Yericho had as a custom. Three of them, the Chachamim, found so objectionable that they protested. And three of them, they didn't protest. What are the three that they accepted? They allow them to graft date trees all day. And all day here means the day of the 14th of Nisan, um, which, of course, is our primary discussion here about Malachan on Erev Pesach. Korchin et Shema, we'll see what that means, but it's something special with the reading of Shema. Vekotsun gotshin et Omer, they would harvest and pile wheat before the Omer was brought, or barley. Ve'elam shibuchim v'yadam, what are the three things they found so objectionable that they protested? Matun gamziot shal hektesh, they would permit uh, trees of hektesh, um, and, uh, or things that had grown of hektesh, um, and they would uh, be pro- permit use of them and getting hana from them. They would allow people to eat from things that had fallen off the trees on Shabbat. And they would give payout even from vegetables. So we'll see what these things are and why the protest and what was the motivation for doing them. There's a related b'raita that some read as a Mishnah that there were six things Chizkiyahu did. Again, three were positive, three were negative. Here, Hodulo uh, is better than Lomichu. Lomichu may mean that the Chachamim didn't see them as so significant or as worth protesting. Here, there were three things that Chachamim said were good that Chizkiyahu did, and three they did not like. Chizkiyahu's father, uh, Amon, um, sorry, Chizkiyahu's father, his, uh, his um, son was Menashe than Amon, but his father was somebody who was involved, like many of the Malachim in Avodah When his father died, he gave him a degrading funeral and took him out like on a rope bed. Vodulo, the Chachamim supported that. Kitat Nechash HaNechoshet. This is explicit in the text. The Chizkiyahu destroyed in Nechushtan that um, copper... Uh, statue or figure of a snake that Moshe had formed and Chizkiyahu destroyed it. Vodulo, and there was some sort of a medical book that they had. He hid it and made it inaccessible to people. Vodulo, and they supported that. We'll see the reason for all of this in the Gemara. The three things they didn't like, he cut off the doors of the Mikdash and sent them as a gift to the king of Assyria. He sealed off the waters of the Gihon. That's a famous story of Korachizkiyahu and the water tunnel. He made an extra month of Nisan. In other words, he added a month to the year, but not the month of Adar, rather the month of Nisan in Nisan. And Chachamim felt that that was too late in the year to be adding a month, and they did not support it. All right, now let's look at the Gemara. This is part of the reason that some people look at that as a Mishnah, is because the way the editors put it is that then begins the analysis of the first Mishnah. What would they do? They would bring this mix 
of uh, a uh, moist myrtle and um, a, and uh, some sort of a uh, um, kind of a, a wood uh, that uh, that has these sort of fruits on it, so they would make some sort of a meat out it out of it that had not had, uh, and they would take wheat that had not had forty days since it had not had been uh, ground, and they boiled it all up together, and they would throw it into the heart of the dikla believe and throw it right at the at the uh, dekel. Anything that was within four amot eagle of the hachi tzavi altar, and anything that was within. Uh, Within four amot that didn't have this happen to it would dry up immediately. And really, it was some sort of grafting technique. They would take a male part and put it on the female part, and thing in terms of wiring and plugs, the way we refer to them, and that they would then connect them that way. Okay, what was this next thing they would do? They would not take a break. What was the break that we would expect them to take? Um, uh, with um, they wouldn't. They would say echad ve'ahavta right away without making echad a kind of a long thing. But they would the they would actually stop and they did something else. They would read Hayom Alavavecha, not parsing it properly, because the way it should be parsed is Alavavecha, those things that I command you today should be on your heart. But the way they would read it would be Hayom Alavavecha, Demashma Hayom Alavavecha Vulamachalvavecha. I mean today should be in your heart, but not tomorrow. So Hayom was now going on Alavavecha, not Asherno Chimatsavcha. But now we have a brighta. Again, they would say it without a break. They would not add Baruch Shem. Uh, and now we're going to find out the source for that odd addition of Baruch Shem in the middle of two, in between two Psukim and the Torah. Because of course, if you open up the, the Torah, you'll see Shema Yisrael, Adonai, Yohenu, Adonai, Echad, and the next word is Ve'ahavta. So where did Baruch Shem come from? So why do we say it? In the Rechol, evidently didn't. Kedarish, Rabbi Shem, and Lakish, Rabbi Shem, and Lakish, based on the Drasha. At the beginning of Paragmemtet, the Bereshit, when Yaakov summons his sons, he first says, come and gather, and I'll tell you what's going to happen to you at the end of days, and then he gives them brachot. So as Rashi quotes this Gemara there, he really wanted to tell his son when the end of history would be. The Shechina left him. He looked around and said, maybe one of you is Pasul. One of my bed literally is Pasul. After all, my grandfather had Uncle Yishmael, and my father had Brother Esav. Amrullah Banav said, Shmai Yisrael, Yisrael meaning father, Yaakov. And what did that mean? Amru, Kashem Shein believe Chayalachad, just like you only believe in one God, Kach Ein Belibenu Alachad, so we too. So Yaakov responded and said, Baruch Shem Kon Machutel That was his response to his son saying, Shema Yisrael. So Ami Rabbanan, Hechinavi. So the Rabbanan said, Now what do we do with this historic, historic piece of Baruch Shem? No Muru, we can't say it out loud. Moshabenu didn't include it in the Torah. Lo no Muru, should we ignore it? Amri Yaakov, but Yaakov said it. So the Takana was to say it quietly. 
It's like a princess who smelled some spices from a uh, from a pot. If she says anything about it, it's Ganai that she should be going around smelling pots. But if we don't say anything about it, she's going to be in pain because she won't be able to act on it. So her servants started bringing her some of this food, but quietly, so kind of beneath her dignity. And Rabbi Vahu says that at least in Eretz Yisrael, in his time in the 3rd century, they made a takana to say it out loud uh, because of the claims of the minim. Uh, the minim here um, um, maybe, typically in the Rabbi Vahu case, the minim is a reference to the early Christians, but it could be that there that what the claim was that we are saying something secretly and we should be out loud about it and not have them suspect that we're saying something different. When our day the lake meaning, but in our day we don't have that problem in Babel, they still continue to say it silently, of course, throughout the early history of Jewish Christian polemics, the chief locus for that is in Eretz Israel, and in Babel there is very little of that. Until much later. Back to our Mishnah. Now, this is a slightly different take because here we have not that the Chachamim didn't protest, but rather that the Chachamim approved. And three, they didn't approve. What did they like? Grafting the trees. And harvesting grain before the Omer. What are the things that they didn't approve of? Of course, the issue of harvesting before the Omer is the problem of that you may end up eating from that grain before the Omer, and that's a violation of of Chadash. Godshin lifnei Omer, but making the piles before the Omer. Portzin pratzot begayin tovim. Is an expansion we saw in the Mishnah. They would make openings in their gardens and in their orchards to allow the poor people to come in and take from things that had fallen off the trees, if it was during times of famine, and to be able to come and eat on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Matun gamziot shal hekdesh, and they would say that things that had grown that had been hekdesh were mutar. Carob and sycamore trees to If was approved of those first things, then everybody should do it. The Chacham did not approve of any of this. That reflects our Mishnah. Three of them, the Chachamim felt strong enough to protest against. Strongly enough to protest against. And three, they didn't protest. Which did they not protest? The grafting. Both Kotsin and Godshin. What did they feel so strongly they had to protest? Saying the things that had grown of Hektesh were mutar. They protested. Of those trees, allowing the anim in to eat from fallen fruit on Shabbat and Yom Tov during famine years, and left out, but was in our Mishnah. Now let's see what that's all about. Does Rabbi Yehuda really think the Chacham disapproved of them harvesting? Rameir said they, they approved that they disapproved of harvesting before the Omer, but none. We have exactly a mayor representation that their harvesting before the Omer was with the approval of Chachamim, but they're making piles uh, before the Omer. That was against Chachamim. Chachamim didn't protest against this. So, 
Who is the author of the protest versus not protest position? As opposed to approve. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Uktani kotsim b'tzon chachamim. And you saw that in that context of michu and lo michu, it says that Rabbi that, uh, that the ktsira was approved of. Vitameh chani arba, uh, uh, have. It's not three things here, there's four things. Elasam mikan ktsira. You have to take harvesting out of there and have only the three, which are the, uh, the, uh, grafting and the shma and the, um, uh, and Godshin Lifneha Omer. And, uh, sorry, and, uh, and Kotsrin Lifneha Omer. Okay. Matun comes to Yotshel Hektesh. They would permit growth of Hektesh. Um, they would permit growth of Hektesh to, um, the growth of things that were Hektesh. They would be Matamanasha. Chavushal Shigmam. He said, our ancestors were makdish wood that was to be used for, for beams. We'll be mat to them. We're talking about things that grew after the hektish. And they held like the position that said, there's no meila on things that have grown after the hektish. The Rabbanan's position was, you're right, there really is no meila, but there still is an isur to get benefit from it, and that's why we disapprove of that behavior. We'll pick it up in the next podcast, we'll finish the parak and see the analysis of the rest of both uh, the people of Yericho and the behavior of Yechez of Chizkiyahu. Meantime, we should have a wonderful day.